Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And we back. Second episode. Think gold, baby. Feeling blessed. It's a Sunday. Yes, sir. Yes. Woo! It's about to be the best podcast in Rhode Island. Best podcast in New England. Gonna be the best podcast in the world. That's what I'm aiming for. Always aiming high. We got a huge guest today. Good friend of mine. Teammate. Athlete. Black scholar. Black student athlete. From Delaware. We got Amir Dorsey in the building, man. Amir Dorsey, the man. Yo, yo, what's going on, bro? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? How you doing? Man, it's a blessing to be here, man. It's this opportunity. It's a blessing, <laughs> man. You already know. Yeah, we were supposed to be here at 2. Yeah. But it was booked. I had to come back at 5. What we doing in the meantime? Oh, yeah. You already know. Get money. And we got some work in. We work, the field. Got some work in, man. It's a man. big week ahead of us. Yeah, so I want this to be like a conversation, man. We just vibing, just talking. Talk about anything. Talk about life. Your mindset, you know. So we're going to start off where you grew up at. Tell me about the environment you were raised in. Where um, you're from. Wilmington, Delaware, man, 19805, 302. Uh, it's, you know, I'm from the city. Uh, it's, it's a small city, small city. I don't really know how to, you know, address how many people there are there. But mm-hmm. um, small city, it's like you walk around, you might see the same person four or five times. Really? You're going to shake his hand four or five times, you know what I mean? So, you know, I grew up there. I crawled there. I walked there. I ran there. So, you know, I'm always going to represent it. I'm going to represent it well. Everybody knows each other down there? <laughs> It's it's that small. <laughs> it's really that small. So um, so growing up, um, what did your parent? What did your parents do for a job? Uh, my mom, she was um a RN, registered nurse. Uh, my daddy, um, he kind of sat in jail for majority of my life. I'm gonna say about eighty percent of my life, but he was always there. You know, not physically, but you know, Just I seen calling him. You. Yeah, calling him, uh, sending letters to him every weekend. Every Sunday was there. Me and my mom taking trips to Smyrna to see him. Um. <laughs> And one thing that one thing that stood out to me every Sunday, me and my mom always stopped at the Waffle House. And now the Waffle House wasn't even really good like that, but it just was something that me and my mom had, mm-hmm. you know, every Sunday, this is what we're gonna do and then yeah. we're gonna go see your dad. So, you know, I always, you know, I just appreciate, you know, that opportunity to just have that relationship with my mom and that relationship with my dad, knowing the, you know, the situation he was in. You know, my mom never talked bad about him or talked down about, you know, his situation, but it just was, you know, did you when you were growing up? Did you know why your dad was in jail? Oh yeah, was kind of like I knew for sure. You know, my city is like it's big on uh, drugs and not mm-hmm. too much, not too much gangs at that point in time. This yeah. is around o two o three, but um, the drugs was crazy around that time. And uh, you know, my dad was doing what he had to do to provide for me, you know, and the family. So I could never, I could never trip over it. Yeah. You know, it's like it's a learning lesson. Damn. So what would your what would your mom tell you about your pops? Um, she didn't really have to tell me much because, like I said, I talked to him every, you know, every weekend. He yeah. the letters was coming in probably two or three times a week. Uh, he calls on the phone every day of the week. So, you know, I've never like our relationship wasn't tarnished or anything because of that. Because yeah. of him being in jail, it was mm-hmm. like it actually grew. I tell him a lot, like you know, you going to jail might have been the best thing that happened to me. As harsh as it sounds, but it was like that brought us together. Yeah, you wasn't there to you know see me do this and that in my football games, but you heard about it. And you kept motivating him. You kept telling me, man, keep going. You know, you didn't. It, it just was like, 
you know, I loved him for that. Yeah, and him being in jail, that had to, like, subconsciously tell you, like, this is not where I want to end up, too. Yeah. That's It was a lesson telling me, you know, he played football as well, too. So it was telling me, you know, you can play football, but it's going to be temptations. It's going to be things in a way that's going to make you react in a way, and it's going to, you know, it could lead to where he is. But him being where he is always told me, you know, stay focused because you don't want to be there. Mm. Going to them visits at yeah. five years old and talking to him behind the wall, behind the glass, that's, you know, that do something to you. And it's like, I don't want to be in that situation. I could only imagine. So yeah. um, did you have any brothers, any siblings? Sisters. Yeah, I got a four-year-old sister, four-year-old brother, and a 13-year-old brother, man. That's like, those are my kids, honestly. <laughs> you know, I don't even, they was not yeah. even my siblings. Those are my seeds. Yeah, when you when you kind of got like a single parent, you, it makes you closer with your siblings. Oh, yeah, man, definitely, sure. definitely. My 13-year-old brother, though, that's the, um, he's on my mom's side. So uh, it was just me, him, and my mom, you know, his whole life. And uh, my four-year-old brother and sister, they're on my dad's side. So, you know. The relationship I have with my 13-year-old is way stronger, uh, obviously because he's older. But, um, you know, that's 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 definitely those are my seeds, man, <laughs> for real. Y'all grew up playing sports? What was your, what was your hobbies and stuff like that? Honestly, me and my little brother, we uh, my, my 13-year-old brother, we played sports, but um, his biggest thing, you know, he just likes to have fun, whether, if it, whether it's playing sports or doing a puzzle. You know what I mean? So I always told him, you know, I don't want you to play sports because I play it. Mm-hmm. You know, I want you to find what you what you what you enjoy, like your joy. I want you to find something that you enjoy doing. So like we played sports, but I could tell he didn't take it as serious as I did. Yeah. You know, seven, eight years old, I'm on the field by myself. I'm on the field after practice. I'm getting working. You know, it was that. You what know, was your, what was your mindset me. behind that? Honestly, who instilled that in you? I want to as bad as I want to say myself, you know, I want to <laughs> say myself, but um, I got to keep it real. Uh, my dad, you know, honestly, my dad, like, he always told me, you know, you can do this, you know, you you can do it, you can do it. You know, he wasn't the person that put the football in my hand, but he was the person telling me to keep going, even when I wasn't, you know, the person I am today, when I wasn't good in football, when I wasn't scoring touchdowns. He still told me to keep doing it because he could tell that how much I loved it. He had that belief in you. Yeah, he believed in me crazy. Having that belief at such a young age, man, I can do some things to you, man. It do a lot to you. Bro. That's why I feel like a lot of people are great because they had people believing them when mm-hmm. they was younger. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like Tiger Woods, Pops, was out there believing that he was going to go, right. you know, and he, be a professional. He, I'm pretty sure he exceeded his Pops' expectations sure. just because of, you know, his dad telling him he can do it. I remember playing football, um, playing football at a young age. I played running back at, like, mm. up till I was, like, 12 years old. And I used to have a big problem fumbling the ball. Oh, yeah. And uh, oh, yeah. this was like my stepdad was our coach. Mm. And I used to fumble the ball, like, I'm talking like four times a game to the point where they didn't even want to give me the ball. It was either I'm going to score a touchdown or I'm going to fumble. fumble. Like, which one? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So one time, like, I fumbled like four times a game, one game. And um, I come home, and my stepdad has a football for me. Mm. And he says, You have to hold on to this football for. The whole weekend, you can't let it go. And if I see you let it go, you have to do some push-ups. Mm. And you're going to be grounded. That's Talking what about hurt in, me. That's what <laughs> in your room. Me. You can't play outside. So when my friends was riding the bike, yeah. I had to ride the bike with football in my hand. When my friends was on playing on a scooter, running around. Jeez. I had to have a football in my hand. I remember like one time my mom's on the, on the front porch. And like all my friends are riding a scooter. And I'm having a hard time trying to ride the scooter with the football in, in my, my hand. hand yeah. And I'm looking at my mom. I'm like. Mom, I got. Do I have to hold the football? She said, "Honey, just put it down for a second. Just put it down for a second. So I put it down for a second. 
I ride to school. I see my, my stepdad pull up from work. I run to go get the football. And he's out here flipping out, talking about, why don't you have the football in your hand? Why don't you have the football in your hand? So I kind of had a little bit of that, too. Right. And you kind of, at the time, you're like, why Why are they pushing really me so hard? Yeah, why, you, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you get older, you see, like, it's really instilled in you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And that's what something I'm grateful for. I'm sure you're grateful for your pops, you know, yeah, having that belief in you, even if he wasn't there with you physically. Mm-hmm. He was there emotionally, you definitely. know what I'm saying? You can't say you didn't grow up without a dad. I mean, right. you did, but he was still there for you. Always you know there, what I'm saying? There's, there's parents out there who have fathers and moms who, like, are there in the house, but they mentally checked out. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so just having that relationship, I probably just felt good, man. You just be grateful for it. I feel like having that, that just that older male figure in there, you know that, you know that just that does enough to motivate you to you know be a man, whatever it takes, whether it's football or just life. You know you're gonna take it serious. You're gonna take those lessons and everything he gives you. You're gonna take it seriously. And I feel that. I feel so, that. So yeah, talk about a little bit more about <clears throat> how you got into football and well, we know how you got into football. Talk about um, when you started taking football more seriously. Where you're thinking about, okay, I want to play in college. When did that start hitting you? Um, I played for uh, inner city league, uh, Wilmington Titans, and um, t- still to this day, I'm connected with everybody in that organization. But um, about sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, I played for the Titans, and this team, like, you know, when you play football, you always say this team, you got a team of your brothers. Those are your brothers, mm-hmm. and I want to say most of the time is because you know you're on a team, you're going to war together, but. I played for the Titans, man. These was all guys that our dads knew each other. Our moms went to school together. You know, we used to play with each other outside on the regular. So these was literally my family. Like, these guys on the team with me was my family. And um, we pushed ourselves, like, to another level. Like, it was crazy. It was crazy that how old? Was, how old were you when you was playing on this team? Sixth, seventh grade. I want to say 12, 13, 14. Like, I played for them my whole middle school. Yeah. Like, 12, 13, 14. Um, and um, actually, 11, 12, 13, 14. Yeah, for real, for real, it was four years. And um, out of two of those years, our first two years, we won a championship. So that alone just says the that just explains the bond we had, mm. you know, that first year and that second year. It was like I had a brother, um, he passed away uh, two years ago. His mom kind of put the football wow. in his hand. Yeah. And, and this is this is your blood brother you're talking about? Not my blood brother, but best friend. <clears throat> like, I'm, I'm pretty sure he know me more than, you know, I want to say my mom knows me honestly. Yeah. You know, he knows the real me. And um, at this time, you know, his mom kind of made him play football. His mom was in the military, so she was a little strict. Uh, she made him play football, and he was the type of person that he always needed someone to do it with him, but not just anybody, someone he was close to. And I'm um, at the time, you know, he was playing, and I was going to his games. I was watching, and I always used to be like, "Dog, I could do that. That why he damn how he ain't score that man I could do that so after a while he like I'm after the game I'm like bro how do he ain't score on that John how he ain't, he like dog you always asking about this and that why don't you come play say no more you know I'm on the field now and then a year later we won a championship together wow so it's like it was it was a it's a crazy it's a crazy relationship we had and honestly he's really the reason I I play football. You know, just because of that, just because of him telling me, man, get on the field and, let me, and show me that you can do it. Yeah. And once I did it, you know, he didn't hate on me. He didn't start saying, nah. He started saying, yo, you can really take this somewhere, bro. You should have been doing this. So it was like from there, man, it just, you know, skyrocketed. Wow, man. So that was that was one of your closest friends right there. Best friend, man. Reason you play football? Reason, man. It's 
he the reason for everything. I want to say he the reason. He the reason for everything before he even passed away. Everything as in what? As in why I'm in college right now. As why I have the mindset I have. Why I feel. Why I'm so positive. Like why when I'm looking at this body right now, it's half full. It ain't half empty. Mm. You know what I mean? He's the reason for that. You know, it's like such a good person. Why did he have to go? I ask myself that all the time, man. I don't really know how to put it into words sometimes, no, honestly. I feel that, man. And I've always noticed that about you. It's like the way you carry yourself. It's like you know that life has an expiration date. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people who be thinking, you know, <clears throat> we're never going to die. We're going to live forever. But you had a mentality. It's like I'm going to die one day. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to live every day like tomorrow ain't promised. Right, because like, it's not. It's not promised. And that's what I love so much about you is like I can talk to you when I just know it's real conversation. Mm-hmm. And, man, it's authentic. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's not. You putting on a front for anybody, and it's it's always real with you, bro. So I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. So he he really motivated you, man. That's where you, that's where you say you get your motivation from. Yeah, motivation. I get my inspiration. Motivation. I get my grind from him. You know, this is a hardworking bull. You know, mm-hmm. he's at a young age. You know, we was put in situations that you know, being at that young age, we shouldn't have been in. And, you know, with our back against the wall, we was always in it together. We never turned on each other. And he, we always believed in each other. And that would really take you a long way. Just like how my dad believed in me and it, you know, turned me into this man today. When you got somebody that you know cares about you and you care about them and they always instill this belief in you that you can do it, it's like your relationship is like, it's, it's everlasting. Mm. It's, it really is. So how how old were you when you found out he passed away? This was 2017. Uh, turning, I want to say, I was about to, I was about to turn 20. So I was turning 20 in January. He died yeah. in October 2017. Damn, man. And actually, two days before one of the biggest games in my junior college career, like this was we played we was playing the number two team in the nation. Like two days later, and um, I got the call. I was coming from practice. Uh, got the call, man. I was in the car with one of my boys. We um, yeah, just got something to eat. And um, actually, my one of my best friends at home, he texted me and told me, you know, this and this happened, and I didn't really want to believe it. And then my mom called me, and, um, like, I just heard it in her voice, and I just, I didn't even have words to say. Just my body just broke down. I couldn't even deal with it. God damn, man. But, you know, at the end of the day, I had to I had to realize that, you know, it's, nothing is a coincidence. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And um, he always, you know, I talked to him. I actually talked to him the day before he died. I talked to him every day. What am I talking about? Yeah. Almost every day. Like, I got messages I had to go back and screenshot because they they really made me feel some type of way. You know, mm-hmm. This was the timing that, you know, the things he said and the timing that he said it, it was just like, wow, like, this was not a coincidence. Like, this was not a coincidence, man. This was God's plan. Higher power. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why you're here today. That's the reason. For sure, man. That's that's crazy, man. But you're here today, man, and it's a blessing, man. Mm-hmm. It's really a blessing. So um, we're going to get back a little bit to um, you growing up. So when you were a child and your teacher would, like, ask the class, you know, what do you want to do when you got older? What's your dream job? What would you what would you say to your teacher? Would it be football? At one point in time, it wasn't football. It was actually basketball. Basketball. I was. I always said I wanted to play in the. Uh, actually, my first before I even said I wanted to go to go to the NBA, I always said I wanted to play in the national national uh, championship. 
any whether in college? it was basket yeah, whether it was basketball or football. Yeah. So I just want to play in a national championship so I can show the world what I could do. Football or basketball. Then after a while, once you realize, you know, it's reality, you gotta have something. You know, it, it's it's I start saying I wanna go to the NFL. So it was it was a it was a strange transition, but <laughs> I made it happen. So in high school were you more which one did you leave like basketball better than, than football? To this day, I like basketball better than football, honestly. But which one are you better at? Football, definitely, definitely football. You know, let's let's put basketball out the window. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> that's not what's going. You know, that's not what's going to get my mind. Yeah, out of yeah. I feel you. You feel me? Yeah, so, no, I yeah. feel you. But yeah, I always said I always said I wanted <clears throat> to compete in a national championship mm-hmm. game, whether it was basketball, or football, and um, you know. Also, at the time, I didn't really see too far into the future. You know, I always would say, you know, I got to take it one step at a time. So mm-hmm. I can't get to the NFL if I don't get to college. Yep. You know what I mean? So I always took it like that. <clears throat> always, you know, had guidelines and, like, steps to, you know, to realize, acknowledge, actually. I had to acknowledge the steps that it took in order for me to get to that highest level. So I always would take it one step at a time. So how did you prepare to go to college? Like, being in high school, mm-hmm. what steps did you take to ensure you were going to college um it was rough in high school honestly i didn't i didn't take any you know steps to i just thought that it would all just come you know not actually no one no one in my family actually graduated from college except for my auntie uh this was a long time ago so it was like i knew i was gonna go to college i just didn't know what it took i didn't know how hard i had to go because no one else was there to tell me yo you have to do this and this in order to get there I just said, all right, yeah, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to play ball. And, you know, so it was it was a tough transition there, too, because leaving high school, you know, I kind of got burnt by the fire. You know, I was failing certain classes. I almost missed the football season. Mm -hmm. So it was like it was like I had to realize that you're going to have to sacrifice something in order to get this thing. Always, always, always always comes down to that. It's always. You gotta sacrifice something mm-hmm. to be better. And sometimes it takes it takes for you to have to go through that, you know, go through that failing or mm-hmm. just get I call it getting burned by the fire. Yeah. Sometimes you're gonna have to touch the stove while it's hot. Yep. Know that it's hot. Mm-hmm. Don't touch it again. You know what I mean? So That's good. That's definitely that's definitely something that that's a step that yeah. you feel me, it took <laughs> to get to college, honestly. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I was the first person in my family to go to college and I just thought it was gonna happen. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like it's just gonna happen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play football, and then the rest is going, you know, yep. take care of itself. Then I'm hearing, okay, you got to really have a certain grade point average. Mm-hmm. There's an SAT, there's a ACT. ACT. You got to go on visits and camps and talk to people and basically make sure your Instagram and social media is you straight. Gotta, and you got to apply yourself exactly. Mm-hmm. And in high school, for a lot of athletes, man, we don't apply ourselves yeah. because we feel like we don't need to. You know what I'm saying? Like it's not really. I mean, I love to say I learned a lot in high school, but truth is, I really didn't. But I guess you learn how to how to be responsible in high school. Mm. I guess for the most part, you know, you don't really remember everything they taught you with math, but you remember that you need to turn in your homework at a certain time. time yep. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna have to study for that exam. Yep. You're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to buckle down when it's crunch time. And it, yeah, my freshman year, I had a uh, my freshman and sophomore year. When I was on my sophomore year, I had a 1.7 GPA. Jeez. So my junior and senior year, I needed to get all A's and B's, and mm. I was only allowed one C. Mm. And it took for, you know, a Villanova coach to come in. On, he wanted to recruit me. Villanova's a real 
a great school for great school. academics yeah. and they're pretty they're they're good at football too. And the coach came to me and he said, um, I, this is back when I had really no offers. Yeah. Coach came to me my sophomore year and he said, I've, you know, you're an outstanding receiver. I want to recruit you, but I can't. But Great. even though he was sitting here like we were talking right now, he said, even though I can't recruit you, I'm going to talk to you. Mm. And I'm going to tell you right now that if you don't pick up your work, pick up your habits, pick up, the, you know, if you don't work on your work ethic in the classroom, you're not going to play in college. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was talking to him, I was just thinking like, yo, like I can't waste this opportunity. Mm-hmm. I can't waste this because I know I'm supposed to be in college playing football. I can't waste this opportunity. I'm not going to be somebody who's like, yeah, I would have went to college if I had mm-hmm. a, a 2.3 GPA. Instead, I had a, a 2.1 GPA. I wasn't going to be that dude. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So after that conversation, I kid you not, this is like lunchtime. I'm going to class, writing notes down, meeting with all my teachers, and I'm like, what do I need to do to get my grade up? What do I need to do to get my grade up? What I was willing to do whatever it took. Mm-hmm. And my junior year, I got all A's and B's, one C. My senior year, I got all A's and B's. And I'm talking about my senior year, I was in class, like I'm in geometry class, <laughs> class I'm supposed to take my sophomore year right. with all sophomores and yeah. freshmen, and I'm a senior. While my friends got free classes, I'm out here with freshmen, <laughs> and I'm like, right it, it was embarrassing. Yeah. It was embarrassing, man, but I'm blessed that that coach talked to me. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I had to get burned by the stove. That was that, yeah. yeah. That was that wake-up call. Him actually, That was actually your dream right in front of your face telling you, like, yo, I'm right here, but you're going to have to come chase me. Yeah. You're going to have to chase me down. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. yeah, definitely. Villanova, that's a, that's a great school, too. Yeah. I like Villanova. And then the CAA, too. They still can get this work, though. They no, don't want to put us on the well, schedule. That's a fact. That's We're going to leave that off air, though. <laughs> we ain't even going to talk about that. Okay, so, um, so yeah, college was, was in your mind, right? Definitely. And so kind of rewind back to, you know, more senior year. How did that year go for you? Um, That year was great, man. I, I got my mind right. Um. That was actually, so my first three years, I wasn't able to play basketball because, like I said, academically, I wasn't focused. You know, yeah. I was failing off for the basketball team. I would only be eligible during the football season because, obviously, I love football. Uh, my senior year, I was finally eligible for basketball. And um, now you say eligible because you didn't have your grades right. Yeah, That's the okay. first three years, I was ineligible. Okay. Like I did, my grades wasn't good. Like <clears throat> you needed a 2.5 to play basketball. I was at like a 1.9 or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. So each my first three years, I'm falling off by four points or something like that. And it's like, man, I can't keep doing that. So my senior year, I buckled down. Um, I focused. I started applying myself, start act really communicating with my teachers, communicating with my tutors, and using all my resources. And um, that kind of like, that kind of transition into me being able to actually play basketball and uh the fact that I played basketball that kind of I built more relationship with guys on the basketball team as well guys that were that weren't failing off yeah. you know they played all four years and during that season they like they giving me all the help I need all they just swinging me all of their resources like yo look bro we're not gonna let you you know fall off again like I'm gonna give you this I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you this person number you got to get with them but you got to apply yourself and um, that right there, that helped me a lot. And um, it kind of gave me this mindset that, like, not too many m- more people are going to be nice enough to give me their resources and help me out. 
You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I'm going yeah. to have to do it myself from now on. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helped me out a lot, man. And then, so with football, your senior year, talk to me about <clears throat> where you were as an athlete, how you were as a player on the field. I want to say my senior year, that was definitely my best year. Uh, that was the only year my brother that passed away, he actually played with me. Besides being on the Titans when we was little. Yeah. He finally got to play with me in high school. He was younger than you? Nah, he was actually 11 days older than me. Okay. <laughs> December 30th. That's crazy. And um, he finally got to play with me. So we was getting up 4 o'clock in the morning going to school to go lift with our coach. Like, I'm talking about catching a city bus at mm-hmm. 4.35, straight to school, getting a lift in, eating, taking a nap, and going straight to school from the weight room. I'm talking about that grind right there was like, that turned me into a savage, honestly, like a straight savage after that because that. it was like I had my I had my road dog with me and he was pushing me more than I was pushing myself, and it just it just it translated once we got to the season. Like one game I had nine touchdowns, the next game I had you six. Said one game you had nine. One touchdowns. game. One game Poly you had Tech, nine touchdowns. Polytech Technical High School had what? nine touchdowns. The next game I had six. Mind you, my high school was <laughs> my high school was trash. Hey, know? bro, nine touchdowns. I had nine, bro. Oh man, After this podcast over. I'm showing to you. I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> but, um, you probably took uh 72 ankles. Listen, ankles was, <laughs> ankles was on the sideline. Oh man. But um, yeah, I had nine touchdowns uh, against Polytech High School, and um, actually, when I'm watching it on film to this day, a lot of those touchdowns, my brother was lead blocking for me. Like, talking about laying dudes out for me. When I look at the film to the like to this day, I got him on my phone. When I'm watching him, I'm I'm looking at him lay dudes out for me, every touchdown, mm-hmm. and um, it was like, man, like he was like my power bank, man. He just gave me strength. He just gave me power. He mm-hmm. just gave me so much like, so much just strength, man. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even put it into words. Like it made me feel like I felt like I was the best player on the field every game my senior year. Mm-hmm. Every game, I felt like no one can stop me. It's no wonder you had nine touchdowns. Man. Yeah. You felt unstoppable. I felt unstoppable. And that was like the second game of the season. So imagine where your confidence going to be starting the season out like that. You know what I mean? So it was like uh, physically, I felt great, man. I felt like I felt, I'm always in my prime. I'm not about to sit here and say I was in my prime. Yeah, yeah. I'm always in my prime. But. <laughs> we, we always clown the mayor because he be sounding like an old head. Like everything he did was in the past. Like, yeah. Like, one game I had. Nine touchdowns, son. About about fifteen <laughs> years ago. <laughs> okay, so after the after that season, you had to have hella coaches like on your phone. No, hella coaches. No, no. Nah, nah. See, that game I had nine touchdowns. Is, uh, Kobe Reader. We actually played them. He go to UD right now. Okay. Kobe Reader had about seven touchdowns, something like against played, your team. No, against somebody else. But mind you, my my high school was kind of we was sorry. You know what I mean? Like, we had records of 1-9, and 2-8, mm. and eight, you feel me? So we didn't get that recognition that a lot of schools had. Yeah. But that same week I had nine touchdowns. Kobe Reader had seven. And they played. he played for Silesiana, which is a big high school in Delaware. So I didn't get no recognition for that. At the end of the season, I think my numbers was, like, double his, and he was supposed to be, like, the best player. And no shade towards Kobe. He's, yeah. he's a baller, you know what I mean? Like, I got respect for him. I got love for him. Um, he was getting a lot of recognition for his numbers, and when you look at my stats, it was I was double everything he did. It was double, mm. and I didn't get no recognition. I didn't get no no scouts, not even a division three anything. And at that point, I had to realize, you know, 
If I'm not gonna do it on the field, I need to find something to be different. I need to start getting honor rolls. I need to start doing something academically. I need to do something to wake these people up. I need to do something that's gonna that's gonna def- that's gonna make me different, different in a Shit good way. Like that, yeah, in a good way. So whether it was academically, whether it was on the field, whether so it was what, what did you do? Honestly, I buckled down academically, like straight like that. I mean, I couldn't really find anything else that was going to make me different, yeah. but I knew it was something that I needed to work on, mm-hmm. which is my academics. Mm. I needed to focus more. I needed to start bringing my grades up. I can't be average and, you know, I can't be this guy on a football field, but be average academically. Mm-hmm. I need to turn it up a notch. So I turned it up, ended up, you know, getting straight honor rolls, like my my last couple uh, marking periods in high school and my senior year. And um, actually, while I was doing that, I, was, uh, I went to a, a co-op school, so... When you're a senior, you got two weeks on, like you go to school for two weeks, and then you got two weeks where you're working. Instead of me doing that, I didn't work. I just went straight straight to school my senior year. All senior year, I just went straight to school. Just to get ahead. Yeah, right? just to get ahead everybody. While everybody else was working and, you know, getting money, everybody buying cars, I'm, I got to lock in academically. I'm cool off that, mm. you know, so it kind of, it, it was a sacrifice, definitely a sacrifice because I could have been out making money and enjoying my life, but I had to buckle down and, you know, I start chasing my dreams if I was really that serious about it. So, <clears throat> Mira, when did you start seeing the benefits of you buckling down? When did you start seeing, okay, this is paying off? Mm. When did that really first hit you? That's a good question because if it did hit you, I yeah, I was about to say I don't. I don't think it hit you. I don't even think it hit me. I think it was just like, man, I know if I want to do this, then I have to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, so I didn't really see any benefits. I just was like, you know, everything that comes, it's supposed to come because I work hard for mine. Yeah. So everything that's coming in the future, I know it's going to come. I just got to buckle down right now. So I guess what I'm saying is when did you start seeing like the results? Like, mm, and results, what was okay. the results were like? What did a coach call you or, you know, when did you start seeing some gratification that um, was given to you? Actually, so we have um, uh, Brian Body Calhoun, he's an alumni at my high school. He uh, he actually played for the – he just got traded from the Cleveland Browns to the Texans. Um, he came to my school my senior year a little bit after basketball season, and um, he was just telling me how his old coach, uh, Bo Hunter and Dame Daniels, they run like a seven-on-seven program, and um, they go like around the country. Like nationally, they're ranked, and they go around the country playing seven-on-seven football. And um, Brian came to my school – and um, he was like, yo, like, you had a great season this year. Like, you know, what your looks looking like, what, what schools is offering. I'm like, man, honestly, nobody. I don't got nothing out of Division three, two, or one. He like, he just looking at me like I got three heads. Like, dude, is you serious? I'm like, man, I don't got nothing. I know that look. Yeah. yeah so it's like, <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't got nothing. You looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, yeah. imagine how I feel. Yeah. So he's like, um, he's like, what your grades looking like? He's like, man, they had an all-time, I'm like, they had an all-time high right now. Push, push, come to shove. Uh, you know, make a long story short, he put me on with this coach, and he gave me the opportunity to play on his seven on seven team. And from there, like I started to get these looks from these Division two schools and just schools. Period. You know, mm-hmm. it was giving me more faith. It was yeah. giving me hope. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like Delaware Valley, Bethune Cookman. Like schools was actually contacting me. They weren't offering me, but they're actually contacting me and they're showing interest towards me. So that at that point, I realized it was like okay. I'm doing something right, you know. Mm-hmm. I got it now. I'm straight now. So like, yeah, definitely. That's when the results came. Once Brian came to my school and was like, "All right, I'm gonna put you on with hair, and you know, you just go out there and do what you do." 
And then from there, you know, it happened. It. <laughs> <laughs> so that so that period comes where it's time for you to decide where you're going to school, and what college you're gonna go to. Kind of talk to me about that process. That that whole month. But you're like, okay, the end of this month, I got to decide if I'm going to go mm. to D2 schools, if I'm going to so, do this and that. Talk to me a little bit about that. Um, at that point, so this was uh, right after right after I graduated, got my diploma diploma and everything. Um, I still had a Delaware Valley and Bethune-Cookman looking at me. But um, I always say I kind of know my worth. I know for sure, for sure that I wanted to play Division one football. Not that I knew I wanted to play, but I should be playing yeah. Division one football. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, another thing, Brian came back to my school again, and he told me I should go JUCO because when I played seven on seven for him, I still didn't get the looks that I I think I deserved. And he was like, "You should go junior college, bro, because when you go junior college, you get more time to play ball and develop film, and you know you get more credits on. You know, it's a lot of stuff you can do to build." you know, your your resume actually mm-hmm. when you had a JUCO. So he told me to go JUCO and um I went I went JUCO not knowing well let me back it up a little bit. Deciding which JUCO I wanted to go to, I know I wanted to go somewhere uh, relatively close to home. So I had a choice between Coffeeville, which is in Coffeeville, Kansas. I, I heard of Coffeeville. That's yeah. a top JUCO right top JUCO. And with that being said, being as the top JUCO, I'm like, all right, if I go to a top JUCO perform I can get top, you know, recruit top schools. <clears throat> but then again, I'm like, all right, yeah, Coffeeville, that's that's a, that's a that's a long way. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna settle for this junior college in New York, you know. In the back of my mind, I'm saying wherever I go, I'm going to make it happen, and I'm going to get this Division One mm-hmm. offer that I've been looking for. So um, I end up going to the junior college in New York, and um, that having to be like a life changer, like a life changing experience. It was like I'm on my own now. You know, this is not like other JUCOs where you have a dorm and you got meal plans. And I had to live off campus at a house where I had to pay rent. Mm. Like, if, if the electricity went off, it's because I didn't, you know, I didn't pay the rent. If I didn't have nothing to eat, it's because I didn't have money to go get food. You wasn't getting no money from the school? Nothing. No you money? Get you was paying everything out of pocket? Yeah, everything out of pocket. Damn. Not to mention you get charged double tuition. So if the tuition there was 3000 and I'm out of state, I get charged twice for that. So I'm paying 6000 for my tuition. Damn. On top of paying rent and so food juco, and jucos food. don't give you no scholarships. Some jucos do, but the the juco that I went to didn't, and I wasn't, I didn't really pay attention to that. You know, you know, deciding which mm-hmm. juco I wanted to go to, I yeah. was just so, you know, stuck up on I need to go to a juco. I need to go here so I can get this offer. You know, I didn't really pay attention to the things that really, you know, that really mattered. So when I got there, um, uh, the coach was telling me, you know, I need to find a house and. I need to do this and do that. And my mom is like, why does he need to do that? I'm like, aren't y'all the ones that's supposed yeah. to be doing this? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had to find out the hard way that, no, they're actually not supposed to do that. We're supposed to be the ones doing it. So it was like, it was like, wow. Now I'm close to an adult now. Like, it's, it's like about someone to, put cold water all over Yeah, like, it's like, yo, wake up now. Like, this is real. Like, you said you want it. You're going to have to, you're going to have to go through this to get mm-hmm. it. And, um. Great experience, man. It's great experience. So that struggle, man. That's a struggle, man. That's, it's, it was a real struggle, but <clears throat> I never experienced that JUCO struggle. But I hear about it all the time, mm-hmm. man. All the time. And you hear some guys talk about their JUCO struggle, but it's 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 written in stone that Nassau Junior College is one of the most like 
hardest junior colleges to get out of because of the cir- the situations, the circumstances that you put in, especially as an athlete. And what circumstances would that be? You have to wake up six o'clock to go to your morning lift. Mind you, if you live off campus, well, you're gonna have to live off campus. If you live off campus and you live twenty minutes away and you don't have a car, so you walking up. I'm walking to God. campus. This is a forty minute walk to campus. Sheesh. I don't got no car. Yeah, my roommate don't have a car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean. So it's like that. Um, you know, after you leave practice, you got to figure out what you about to eat. You know, I don't have no job. I don't have no money like that. You know, my mom is paying my rent, her rent, making sure my little brother is good back home, you know, taking care of everything she needs to take care of. So it's like, all right, I'm going to have to do something. So what kept you going? You know, like, I'm sure you had your doubts being there, t- thinking I got to get to my, my own house and I got no food to eat. I'm e- eating ramen noodles for the third day in a row, fourth day in a row, seventh day in a row. Like, yeah, kept what kept you going? going? What kept me going is remembering to go see my dad every Sunday. Mm. Seeing him every Sunday behind that wall. Seeing my mom go to work every day. She not waking up complaining to me like, man, yeah. I gotta go to work. No, she getting up. It's she, knowing that you, you ain't have it exactly. bad as you thought as you had exactly. it. Exactly. And also, also knowing some of my homies back home, they had it worse than me. You know, I was complaining about going to see my dad behind the wall. A lot of my, two of my boys, they didn't have their mom or their dad. You know, they was getting taken care of by their sister, by their older sister. You know what I mean? I'm over there chilling at their house on the regular. And after a while, growing up, I had to realize that too. Like, I didn't really take that into consideration, you know, growing up because it was like, you know, they being raised by their sister. What's wrong with that? At a young age, you don't really get that. But being at the JUCO, you know, I, d- I did a lot of thinking, a lot of soul searching. And, um, you know, I realized, like, I-, I lived a different life than dudes. You know what I mean? Like, I seen a lot of things that you know a lot of people would probably go crazy about, like a lot of a lot of the things I seen would probably make a person really go insane, mm. and it kind of like it slowed my mind down. It slowed me down and made me realize the things that really matter. Definitely, man. <clears throat> that's that's real, bro. Because I feel like you, someone who's been through a lot of pain and a lot of struggle, but I feel like at the same time that pain and struggle is what has kept you going for so long. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I'm someone, I'm a firm believer that that pain and struggle is what makes great people. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Without without pain and struggle, you're not going to climb the top of the mountain. You know what I'm saying? It hurts to climb that mountain. You might climb a mountain and see there's a a mountain that's bigger, right? right, But you have to climb again. And I feel like, you know, we're always always comparing, like, who went through the most pain and Mm -hmm. who did this and, I think all that matters is that you've been through pain. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily you got to advertise like, okay, I've been through pain. That's why I'm not mm-hmm. doing this. Like, it's I've been through pain. That's why I'm doing this. Right. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. And that's so important. And, you know, I feel like you like me in the same way where it's like we're not going to complain about the shit we've been through. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? We're going to act like we didn't go through nothing and keep going. Keep like we, going. You know what I'm saying? Like, keep going. Like I want someone happened. to look at me and be like, he been through pain? I don't think so, man. He's always smiling every day. He's and working. One thing I was about to say, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, My brother that passed away, his grandma was like a, we used to call her, she, her name was Miss Jackie, but she was like, she was like a guru. Like, it was like you rubbed up against a lamp and she just popped out like a genius <laughs> or something. Not to grant your wish, but to just give you knowledge and wisdom and yeah. just, just school you. Yeah. And um, she always would say like, you and Dwayne are always laughing, but y'all been through the most pain. And it was just like, 
then like we took that we took that to like a like it kind of hit us hard that day when she said that because it's like damn we have been through a lot and we forever smile and we forever grateful about you know this life that we live and um i see that a lot now like i'm just good at kind of reading people i can tell yeah. when you know someone's actually been through something or when they're just talking about it yeah you know, for sure it's not something to brag about that you've mm -hmm. been through this or that or that you know this happened to you it's not something yeah. to brag about you just i feel like also in our society like you either go two ways with pain you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying it's like okay i'm gonna conquer that pain and i'm gonna be like you are me you know where i'm gonna go through juco and i'm gonna come to uri get a full scholarship and mm -hmm. t you know i made it whatever and then there's people that is like still on the streets and still back home where it's like the pain got the best of them yeah, and they're like yeah. and they saying the pain is what didn't make me get mm -hmm. there you know what i'm saying yeah so you can right. either go two routes with it and i feel like <laughs> you only got one option to go mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i'm not gonna let this shit beat me you're not gonna let that shit beat you right i feel like life is like 90 percent of obstacles and a bunch of bull crap and 10 percent of how you react to it mm -hmm. so 90 percent of a bunch of obstacles and just things that you thought that was the end things that you thought it would would never happen to you and you just thought that you couldn't make it out of but yeah. 10% of the rest of your life is how you react to it. You know, mm -hmm. it's either going to make you or break you straight like that. And you know what? I realized also that, <clears throat> you know, I'm I'm someone who grew up from, I, I ain't grew up from the hood, you know what I'm saying? But I grew up in the suburbs. Mm. But like I was the poorest person in my school. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm living in an apartment. And, um, you know, I'd always think about like how I struggle and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And, like, nobody really struggled. You know what I'm saying? I used to think like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm the only one struggling, and yeah. my mom's the only one working three jobs. So, but what I've come to realize is literally everybody goes through pain. Different, everybody has pain. pain. You could be rich and still have pain. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got rich pain. And it don't make your pain any worse than my pain. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It don't make my pain any better than your pain. Everybody has pain. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you don't. it's hard to know. You know what I'm saying? That's why I don't treat people like, a certain way because mm -hmm. I know everybody got their own struggles their you know own, what I'm saying like yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be in a locker room talking about I had it worse than you mm -hmm. you had it worse than there's no point to that you know right. what I'm saying all I know is you struggle I struggle he a white man he struggled I don't care what color you are Indian you know what I'm saying he struggled you know what I'm saying did. everybody in this life struggles man and it's how you react to the struggles that matters and you my friend you, you reacting to it the right way bro mm -hmm. like if you had to do it all over again this is the right way. This is right. the path you had to follow to do it. You know what I'm saying? It was already written down somewhere. This was exactly. already written down. This was supposed to happen. Exactly. So you at JUCO. Um, talk to me about how you played. You know what I'm saying? Talk to me about the process getting the scholarship. Um, actually, man, it was weird. It was really, really weird. Man. My first year at the JUCO, I played DB. You know what I mean? Like, I hate defense. Like, I hate when it comes to defense, it's like I'm not about to stop you from trying to juke me when I know I can get the ball and juke you and score every time. You feel me? Like yeah. I can score on you anytime I want to. Yeah. So it was like defense was like I hated defense, but when I got there, we had a team full of you know high school all stars. You know everybody was good. You know this is a junior college level, but still everybody's good. And um, when I first got there, I was <laughs> when we was in trials, I was sitting in the line for the running backs, and it was about. 40 of them, 40, 40 guys trying to get their rep at running back. And I'm in the back of the line. I'm nervous. I'm like, man, all right, I'm not even about to play running back. I'm going to go to the receiver. 
go to the receiver line. It's about 40 people there trying to get a rep. That reminds me of like a camp. Yeah, like it's <laughs> it's just a bunch of people. Just just You just see people. And I'm like, dog, like, all right. So, boom, I go back to the running back line. And I'm still in the back of the line, not getting no reps. So, at that point, I'm just like, man, I don't even know. Like, I was going through the motions. I'm just like, man, do I even want to do this? Like, yeah. like how do I get my shot? The next, I want to say, I got, I finally got my rep at running back, and um, I just caught like a little screen pass and just ran about ten yards. Showed, you know, uh, showed my speed and everything. After that, I kind of didn't do anything the rest of that day. The next day, kind of the same thing happened, but the defensive back coach came over and he pulled me up. He's like, um, he's like Amir Dursey. I'm like, yeah. He's like, are you gonna come over here with me today? Honestly everything kind of flashed like like really fast in my head where I was like, nah, I don't want to go over there with you. I'm trying to play receiver. But it was so fast when it happened, it just was like, all right, say no more. This is my opportunity. Mm-hmm. I don't care where you put me at. I don't care if you put me on the line. Say no more. Let's go. He picked me up. He told me come play defensive back. I pouted a little bit at first. You know, I'm like, man, come on, dog. You, you drawing right now. I'm not trying to do this. But I lined up with a receiver and I strapped him up. Got a pick off that of my very first rep at defensive back at the collegiate level. From that point on, it, it gave me confidence. And I was like, all right, obviously God is telling me this is my opportunity right here. So I'm not about to sit here and be a little girl about it. Let's go, say mm-hmm. no more. From there, my first year at Juco, I played defensive back. And that's how how I met uh, Malik Wilder. And that's one of my best friends now. Yeah, He was like, yo, I could tell, I could see it in your face. You do not like this DB stuff. But Malik we said that get, to you? Yeah, he said that to me. This was like before the first game of the uh, season. He like, yo, I could tell. I could see it in your face. You do not like this DB stuff. He like, but listen, we both here for the same reason. So from now on, you play DB, we going to get DB money. We working on the weekends, Sundays, mm-hmm. Saturdays. We getting money every weekend now. We on the field. We, you know, backpedaling. We working hill drills. We getting the wave vest on. I'm turning into a DB at this point. So go through the season. Um, I'm having a great season at defensive back. I got about coming to the last game of the season. I got about five interceptions. You played um, one season there or two seasons? Two seasons. Two seasons. So this is my first one. Um, we come into the last game of the season. I got about five interceptions. Um, I ran two kick returns back. Mm. Um, I'm like I'm doing awesome at this point. I get a call from my coach. This was like a week before the last game of the season. I get a call from my coach. He's like, um, he's like, Amir, it's Coach Poppy. I'm like, yeah, what's up, Coach? Uh, mind you, I'm on the other line with my dad. My dad is in jail at this point. I'm on the other line with my dad. So I'm like, Dad, hold on. We only got 15 minutes. But I'm like, Dad, hold on. Coach calling me. Coach Poppy, he's like, yeah, it's Coach Pop, man. And, you know, how's everything going? Blah, 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 blah. He's like, well, um, I called you to tell you um, for this upcoming game against Hudson Valley, uh, we might need you to play quarterback. <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> Yo, hey. I'm like, huh? Mind you, I'm we in Red Lobster. It's me, my mom, my auntie, uh, <clears throat> my uh, my little brother, yeah. and oh my grandma. And uh, I'm at the table, and he's like, "Yeah, we might need you to play quarterback this week." And I literally look at the phone. I'm like, "Huh?" And everybody at the table like, "What? What happened? What happened?" And I'm just looking at the phone like, "I'm like, say no more, coach." That's my word for word. Say no more, coach. He's like, "Really?" I'm like, I'm in my head like, yeah, don't you know? Yeah, I didn't you want to ask yeah, me and like, say, really? Like, you surprised? <laughs> like, I didn't even want to be on the defensive yeah. side of the ball in the first place. But, yeah. you know, I'm like, all right, say no more. Like, all right, let's go then. Let's go. 
He's like, yeah, really? I'm like, yeah, coach, you know, this is what I've been waiting for. Boom, we hang up, and um, I get back on the phone with my dad, and I tell him, and he's like, he off the wall. Like, he ecstatic I right bet. now. Like He's like, he like, yo, man, like, inshallah, he's Muslim. He's like, inshallah, man, like, I knew it would come, man. I knew you would get your shot, man. Like, Then he just turned into the savage. He like, yo. It's time to go now. Hell you yeah. better. <laughs> he started snapping. I'm like, yo. I'm like, yo. This you getting you really... hype? Why yeah, you in like Red Lobster? You right. ready to play right and now? I'm like, damn. Like, this is really happening now. We get to this game. I play quarterback, and we put up the most points we put up throughout the whole season. Like yeah. the score ended up being like 56 to like 61 or something mm-hmm. like that. We lost that game by a point or by by a touchdown or something. And um, I had two rushing touchdowns, three uh. Uh, passing touchdowns like like all crazy touchdowns though. I'm talking about like all of them need to be on my highlight film which they are and it was just like if I didn't get granted that opportunity right there it's no telling like it's no telling because after that it transitions into me playing offense the next year the upcoming year and um, I play receiver and kick return punt return running back quarterback a little bit um Sounded like you was an all-star of the team. Pretty MVP. much, you know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I would say I was like the catalyst, you know. Yeah. I made it happen for the most part. Anytime we needed it, you know, I brought it to the table. You know what I mean? And if it wasn't for that last game, my first year, though, man, it, it's no telling where I would have been, mm-hmm. you know, because I wasn't really feeling the DB side. I wasn't feeling the defensive side of the ball. So I don't know where my confidence would have went or but that's so know, crazy to think about like if this yeah, didn't happen this would have happened happen, and this like, would have happened i don't know if this would have happened it's got to be god it got to be it got to be like yeah. it's all part of this plan so what schools came to juco asking for amir dorsey first of all i'm gonna say what schools came to uh, the juco we had new mexico new haven um we had New Mexico, New Haven. Uh, oh, we had uh, North Carolina, Charlotte, 49ers come. Um, we had Villanova come. Uh, we had Syracuse, Stony Brook, um, and a few few other Division two schools, LIU Post, things like that. Um, those are all the schools that came to the JUCO. Mm-hmm. What schools came for Amir Dorsey? Uh, none of them. Literally none of them. And... Um, at that point, I didn't even lose my confidence. I didn't lose my cool. I didn't lose anything. I was like, I didn't have this great season for me to not get any looks. Somebody is going to come looking for Amir Dorsey. And at the ver- my very last marking period of being at the JUCO, I still wasn't, you know, I still felt the same. I still felt like a school was going to come. But, like, my very last marking period, like, my last five classes that I would ever take at the JUCO, Rhode Island comes, Coach Maselli and Coach uh, Confessor, mm-hmm. which happened to leave. But Coach Fessor. yeah, they come. And, <laughs> how um, how we how we talk to you? He, he call you? Nah, he um nah. They actually came to the school like yeah. because one of my coaches he was he he sold me like he sold me to them perfectly. Yeah. Like he told him you know how athletic I was. You know mm-hmm. I can dunk. I can dunk the ball. He's a great basketball player. He was selling like, me. How tall? You like five? five yeah, ten? yeah. I'm about five ten right now. And at that time, I don't think I grew too much. I probably was a little bit, you yeah. know, sure. I probably grew a little bit, but he's like, you know, he can dunk. You know, he's a great athlete. Um, and it was like, all right, you know, I don't want to talk to him on the phone. I need to come see this. They actually come to the school, like, the very next day. And Coach Confessor, he's like, he's standing next to me. He's like, eh, 
You only this, you can dunk. You sure you can dunk? He said, he said ah, man, yeah. we like you. Oh, man, you're yeah, going to be great with it. That's oh, exactly man. how he talked to <laughs> Yo, Yeah, Coach I love Coach Fester, man. Cool, I miss the dude. Yeah, yeah, it was genuine, too. It was yeah. love. Like, I could tell he was really interested in, like, who I was. Mm-hmm. Like, another thing that really got to me, when he got there, he wasn't just asking about football. You know, he was asking about my mom. How many brothers I have? How many sisters I have? You know, where's my dad? You know, like, how is it back home? You know, where are you from? Like, he was interested in me. You know what I mean? Like, I love football. You know, I love to talk about football, but I like to talk about, you know, everything that involves life, yeah. you know, everything that comes with this life. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing that he was really getting to me about. Like, I really felt like it was genuine love. And the same thing with Coach Maselli's. They was asking the same thing. And then, you know, once they figured me out and everything, they was like, all right, yeah, I need to see all this dunking that Coach was talking about. I need to see all of this. And I'm like, all right, say no more. We go to the gym. I'm I'm they told it. you to dunk. Yeah, bro. I got sweatpants <laughs> on. I got Air Maxes <laughs> on. Yeah, you know I mean, I got a hoodie on. I go in there. I miss like the first three, four dunks. I'm not about to sit here in front. Yeah. I miss like the first three, four <laughs> jumps, but uh, I end up banging it, end up dunking it, throw it up the oop to myself, yeah. and they was just loving it. They like, yo, man, like this kid is. I, I like him. Mm-hmm. Like the next week, the next week, they you know putting everything together, making sure I'm uh, academically you know eligible to play. And, making sure everything is cool. And by the end of the week, you know, I was signing my letter of intent, you know, the next week. No, but actually before I signed the letter, I was going on a visit. I was coming on a visit to Rhode Island. I hopped on a train, they paid for my train ticket, all that. Get on a train, um, I come to Rhode Island. Honestly, I wanted to tell them like, you know, I don't even need to take the visit. You know what I mean? Like, this is all I've been waiting for. You know, this is just opportunity. I wanted to say that, but at the same time it was like, Gotta take yeah, I gotta take the visit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So it was like everything was everything worked out perfectly. Honestly, what did that What did that feel like when you signed that letter of intent? When you committed, what did that feel like for you, for you and your family? I felt like a. Honestly, I felt more pressure on my shoulders though, because it was like you know I told everybody that I would get this. I told everybody that this was going to happen, but. I still felt like I had a lot more to prove, you know what I mean? Like I can't just get to the division 1 and just be, you know, content with being a division 1 athlete. I got to I got to raise the stocks, like I got to I got to turn up now. So it was like I felt a lot of pressure on my shoulders. Um but the pressure was a good thing though. Cuz it was like I don't got time to slack. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I do slack, like you got to know if you slack, you got to double now. Mm-hmm. You got to double back and you got to get everything that you left behind. You got to come on, like you got to pick it up now. So it was like, I felt a lot of pressure, but one thing my mom kept telling me is, you know, just stay true to yourself, man. Like, don't get up there and, you know, fall, you know, turn into anybody else. Like, you are your own person. And yeah. the people love you because of that, because you are that person that you are and you're not afraid to be that person wherever you go. She was just always like, man, stay true to yourself. Like, you know your worth. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know your worth and you pray on it every day that, you know, the opportunity will, you know, the opportunities to keep coming and <clears throat> that you just make the best of them. I remember when we was, um, we was doing the weigh-ins or whatever that first day in the summertime, like we were all in the training room, that long, long-ass line. Oh, like, yeah, that? yeah, and, yeah, like, yeah. I remember you in front of me, and mm-hmm. I'm like, this dude just like in his own little world. He's right. happy as shit, and he's just in his own world. I just, man, I was just And I didn't know what position line. you played, but you was just like, just like, like you was just happy. Like, you yeah. was in like Disneyland. Like. I think, matter of <laughs> fact, y'all, y'all came up to me and was like, y'all didn't even know I was a player. I didn't know I, I asked y'all something. I asked y'all something. So you said what position we play or something. Yeah, and y'all was like, you play? 
<laughs> and I'm looking at her like, man, stop playing with me, dog. <laughs> yeah, though, man. I was um, I was just thinking it all in, dog. Yeah. Like, that I gotta was, be amazing, man. I was here, like I'm yeah. I'm here now. Like I was really able to be like I did it. Like I'm here. Like everybody told me I could do it. I told myself I could do it and I did it. So now let's go. Straight like that. Straight like that. Straight like that. Straight like that. And now we here. And so last season, man, Amir, first team, all American kick returner, right? Second team. Second team. team Should have been first team, yeah. man. I'm talking about this dude basically had a kick return every game, man. When we was down, we needed a touchdown. You see Amir just putting a team on his back, returning one to the crib on a kick return, punt return, balling, man. And mm-hmm. this dude was a tremendous athlete. Gifted, man. I'm blessed to be able to know him right now. And I'm blessed to be his teammate, yo. Blessed yeah, to be his teammate, bro. Soldiers. Yeah. Real I can't wait soldiers. for this next season, man, because we're going to keep pushing each other. It's not even, you know, I, I, I'm i not I'm not good with putting together the right words to motivate, but you know when it's time <laughs> to go, we're going to go. Yes, sir. And I'm not going to let you slack. I'm yep. not going to let you go halfway. Mm-hmm. You know, so. I can't wait for that, man. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a little longer, a little longer for y'all, man. We're going to keep bringing some more knowledge. But, um, so, um, you know, a big theme on this podcast is, like, spirituality, relationship with God. How would you say your relationship with God is right now? Um, Right now, and just like I was always been, um, it's, it's, it's really strong, you know. I feel like, I feel like there's always, it's, it's some, it's some higher power, you know what I mean? And, yeah. Sometimes I feel like we talk about this all the time. Man. Yeah, we always yeah. talk about this. You know, I'm I'm a man of you know trying to be politically correct. You know, depending on the, you know the conversation, <laughs> but you know when we talk about this, man. It's like you know my grandma is very very religious. Like, yeah. You know, I tell her you know wish me luck, my mom, for my games. Luck is in the Lord. Luck is in the Lord. Say that every time. So like my relationship with God, man, is strong. You know, I get down on my knees every night. I make sure I don't miss a night. I don't care what's going on. Pray for my mom and the ones that care about me every day. And I'm just like, I feel like it's far more than, you know, getting on your knees and saying prayers. It's about always believing in him, even when it's when it's going good and when it's going bad. Yep. You can't wait till it's going bad to start saying, all right, I need to develop that relationship. Nah, you got to just stay with him and just know that it's, you know, it's always going to be all right. And he's always going to be there with you. So, like, my relationship with God is strong. And I wish I could, um, I wish, you know, I could relate how do i want to say this i wish i can you know put that type of you know energy towards a lot of other people but Definitely. you know some people just have their the own yeah some <clears throat> people just got their own mindset and their own beliefs so it's like you know some people you got to just let them live yeah and figure um, it out yeah my family like my immediate family my mom she's an atheist mm. you know i have two little sisters so like i didn't really grow up in a religious household like that you yeah. know what i'm saying so i had to discover god for myself and kind of like just start myself, you know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Pick yeah. up a Bible myself, right? Hear about it myself, you know. I'm hearing other families going to church. I'm mm-hmm. kind of like on the outside, like, what is that kinda like? Yeah, yeah, I kind of want to go to church for my family, you know what I'm saying? That and, was a um, big thing too. Yeah. So, you know, I finally developed a relationship with God. Like my senior year, I started believing, you know, mm-hmm. and slowly, even slowly, like my faith started developing even more through the struggles and. The dark times and when you come out those dark times praying to get out those dark times you come out and mm-hmm. it's like how did up? that like yeah, how, how did, did that happen? overcome it's like, it's like 
yo, hold up. Is he real? Mm-hmm. I literally had this moment where I prayed, like, you know, I would get out this, you know, dark time, and I did. Mm-hmm. And I said, yo, God, mm-hmm. you, you real? I think like, you real. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm like, and then I'm like, hold up, man. I don't know. Then it happens again. Mm-hmm. I said, what? Yo. And I feel like, God, man, it's like, once you have them, it's like. Yeah, never leave. You. I don't want to say like. Like on some magic shit, but it's like it's a superpower. Mm-hmm. God will make you superhuman. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like God does not work in in the physical realm of things. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He's in the spiritual realm. It's not you don't might not be able to see it, mm-hmm. but you can feel it all feel the time. It. You know what oh, I'm saying? You, it's you something always that's gonna feel it. It's inside of you, man. And it's like now that I have developed this relationship with God, it's like it's gonna elevate everything that I do in life. It's gonna elevate everything you do in life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be your job, your Football, you know what I'm saying? It's everything. And I feel like I want to be sharing. I want to tell people that so much. Mm. But then again, I don't want to, you know, push people on to yeah, that. Because exactly. a lot of people have different perspectives on mm-hmm. God. You know what I'm saying? And I was going to say, like, it's been a lot of times where, you know, I try to explain this to people. Like, you know, it's been times where I was in a dark, dark spot. And, you know, I prayed to God and I prayed that, you know, he'd help me, he'd guide me. And I got out of there. It's times where I done told people that and they looked at me crazy. Like, you don't really believe in that, do you? And it's like, I won't let that, I won't let that, you know, tear my relationship apart. Yeah. But it's just like, if you believe, then you shall receive. Like, if you believe it, then you definitely will receive it. You know, I just, I don't try to, you know, flood people with my wisdom, my knowledge about, you know, that, but I just try to give them what I can and hopefully you take it in a positive way and you take it, you know. Take heed to it. Yeah, man. But uh, I feel like everyone should, you know, they should have some type of relationship, you know, with God because at the end of the day, it's going to be, it's going to get rough and it's going to take more than you just believing in yourself. It's going to take more than you just, you know, knowing that you're this person and you can overcome anything. Like, it's going to take more than that. You're going to have to believe in something. You're going to have to believe in some type of, whether it's, you know, your auntie that passed away, you got to believe that it's her there for you and mm-hmm. she's pushing. You got to believe in some type of spirit, some type of spirituality, some type of religion. You're going to have to believe in something. You know what I mean? And for some people, it doesn't work out that way. You know, they believe in nothing and they're still able to, you know, prevail in life. So, you know, to each his own. I always say to each his own. Yeah. I'm not here to judge. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I never do. You know, I'm not here to judge anybody, you know. And then, um, like I said, like, one reason why, like, I connect with you and your energy is because I feel like we both know, we're both cognizant of, you know, life has an expiration date, mm-hmm. you know? We all going to die one day, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And I also feel like having that relationship with God and having that faith doesn't make death as bad, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Doesn't make it that bad, you know what I'm saying? It's just going to come. Yeah. And it's like knowing that it's going to come, it makes you happier. It makes you, and also... It makes you do those things that you just, that's just, you know, you want to do something so bad. And it's just like, I don't know which steps to take or I don't know how to do it or I don't know if it's the right thing. Yeah. Knowing that someday that you're not going to be here, like one day you're going to die, it's, it should push you to do that thing. Yeah. Like it should push <laughs> you to be like, all right, man, I'm going to have to do this someday. 
You know what I mean? Before it's too late. Before yeah. it's over. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to just do it. You I know might what have mean? you seeing a girl and you just like, what 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 am I being scared of? Right. You know like, That's really really how I've been feeling for the past like as you past should months. Know. I'm like, whatever. Right. I don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, as you should though, as you should. And it also like it just has you like looking at things different. Like like you said, this bottle, like it's not half empty, mm-hmm. it's half full to me. And it makes you even just look at the bottle and be mm-hmm. like, That's a bottle. Right. That sounds trippy, but right. like you go outside, look at the tree, and be like, yo, mm-hmm. yo, when did I think this tree was, I didn't even know it looked that good. You know you what I'm saying? It's like, st- yeah. that peace of mind is so yep. important. You know what I'm saying? It's like it pulls out a certain piece of your mind that you didn't even know existed. Yeah, man. Definitely. It's an amazing feeling to know that I'm not going to be here forever. That sounds mm-hmm. weird, but it's gratitude is what though. I'm trying to say. Okay. Gratitude. It's an amazing feeling to have this gratitude to be alive, mm. to be living. And I try to wake up every morning just having some gratitude. Man, look at that sun shining. It's a, it's a blessing. I'm interested to know like, what you think about when we die, what do you think we're gonna see? I think, um, I feel like, uh, like our, it's, it's really our spirit that's here right now. You know, like we're being, um, what do I wanna say, like, like our give body, me, give me some being, of your theories too. Our body is theories. being occupied by a spirit. Yeah, you know what I mean, like this person that I am, like Amir Dursi, he was here probably two hundred years ago. He was here spitting the same stuff that I'm spitting, saying the same thing, believing the same thing. Probably was nice in football. I don't know. You know what I'm saying, but this spirit was here at one point. You know what I mean? And when we die, it's like our body, this outer appearance. You know, it's it's in the dirt, but our spirit is. It's brought back to life. Yeah, Yeah. either lives on together or it might be brought back to life when, you know, another life is born. You know what I mean? Like, death is like a... I I love talking about this because we don't know. So I can come up with anything. It's like something that we'll never know. We'll never know. We know that there's a moon and Mm -hmm. we know that there's a Mars and we've been up there. So they claim. (laughs) But Uh, we know, we have facts about, you know, why... Like about the ocean and yeah. and mammals and but we don't have facts. We don't about have that. facts about so, death. We don't know. It's like we don't know. You can't even like even if I was to sit here and say I believe in this and that, I feel like no one can actually be like, nah, you're wrong. Yeah, you know what I mean, like you don't know. So what? Like, if the, tell me what you think about this theory right here. So I heard this um, on the other podcast, and it was ta- this dude was talking about how he thinks when he goes to like when he dies, he's gonna see the best version of what he could have been right Mm -hmm. like what god has made him to do to look like to fulfill and he's going to see that image of him right Mm -hmm. that person he's going to meet that person and if he meets him and it's exactly who he is he's going to be like wow like i lived god the purposeful life Mm -hmm. but if he sees the person and he doesn't even recognize him it's like hell like what i wasted my life you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So imagine living every day like we're chasing what God has made us to be like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, imagine you go you go to heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Go after you die, and you see the exact person you are, and God is like, you're exactly who I made you to be. You've done what exactly what I wanted you to do. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. So why am I here? Why was it my time to go there? Like, <laughs> that's what I would ask. Yeah. Like, why? So... Why didn't you let me finish? Why yeah. didn't you let me keep being that person? And I would definitely ask why. I'm not about to say, I know you got it, no, but 
You know, I could ask why. I'm not going to let you just tell me this is this. Why? Why didn't you let me grow into that person? Was I not doing something? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would ask why before I go into making assumptions or anything. I would want to really know why. For sure. So it's like, I, you know, I could, I could, I could see that happen. Well, I'm not gonna say I could see it happen, but I could believe that. That's something that I could believe in. I don't think I would have necessarily came up with that theory. You know, <laughs> I didn't mean? come up with that. I'm just, you yeah. know, what I'm saying? it was interesting. I heard it yeah. and I was like, yo, all right, what see, if I go? What if I? And I, I don't know this person. You know, what that I'm comes from like, you know, people have different walks of life, so they going their perception of everything is going to be different. Like for a person to come up with that type of theory. He lived a whole different life than me because yeah. I was nowhere near that type of theory when I think about death. Yeah. You feel me? Or what happens after. You know, it's like, yeah, it's, people got different walks of life. So the theories, I can't imagine how many theories how people many got. Theories are, you know crazy. what I mean? Because no one's life is the same. We're all individuals. Yeah, man. So, yeah. So um, talk to me a little bit about your, a lot about your, not a lot. Talk to me about your future goals, your vision. You know what I'm saying? Um, paint, paint your future for me. What do you want to accomplish, man? Uh, I want to all of this knowledge and wisdom that I have, man. I want to, I want to be able to, to give it to, first of all, the youth. You know, I feel like at this point, the youth really need guidance. For a fact, we don't have, we don't have those, you know, those, those figures that, that's promoting, you know, the right things. And by the right things, I mean just like small stuff like not not saying the n-word you know looking at our women as queens like i'm inspired by women i was raised by yep. women like looking at our women as queens like building you know building some type of foundation that that's going to help you you know grow into a, a to the man that you want to be like i want to be able to go go back to my city and go all around the world honestly and uh just not preach but kind of motivate the youth and talk to the youth and just give them everything i have like I'm not really a, a a man of you know. I want this type of salary. I want a six you know six figure salary. Like you know, it's it's not about the money. It's not all all about that type of stuff because the money's gonna come and it's gonna go. You know what I mean? I want to be able to, I want to be able to provide, you know, just just knowledge and wisdom to the youth to anyone that needs it. Honestly, mm. I feel like I feel like that knowledge is way more powerful than being able to say you got this amount of money, you know, we all can be able to provide, you know. There's so many things out here you can do at this point, so many careers, so many, like, it's so much opportunity out here. Like, you're going to find a way to make money. Bro, imagine if everybody had that mindset. Like, everybody, when they looked upon, like, getting their job, it was like, okay, my job is going to be helping people in this yeah. aspect. Imagine yeah. if everybody had that mentality. Like, it wouldn't be no capitalism. It would be crazy, it be, right? Yeah. It like, it everybody be. had to have a job that helps another person. This would be a whole different world. Exactly. This would be instead of being like, cause now we live in a, uh, you know, we've always lived in a society. Where it's like, okay, like I'm getting money, right? Mm-hmm. So that means I'm taking it from somebody's pockets. You right. know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Instead of giving it to instead somebody, giving, you know what right. I'm saying? It's like I'm advertising this whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna make you believe that you need this product, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna steal money from you. Basically, right. you know right. what I'm saying? I'm gonna rob you for your money. And it's not like they're robbing it and taking it from you and putting it back into your community yeah. and you think they're taking it and they're capitalizing off of it. You know what I mean? It's like just for their own benefits. And that's, own. A fact, man. that's just the world we live in today. Yeah. You know, like who knows how it would be if it wasn't that way. Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't know, but I feel like we definitely need more people that's more willing to give than, you know, receive. But that's kind of where I want to be in my future. I want to, I want to be the person that's gone 
that's going to give that, you know, that ideology to a young man that's like, you know what, I feel that. I want to go and I want to I want to give more than I receive too. You know, I know a lot of things. I've seen a lot of things. I want to be able to go back and help some people that I believe need this help too. Mm. You know what I mean? I need this knowledge that I have. You know what I mean? Like we need more people like that, man. I feel like at a point we will definitely get those people. You know what I mean? We definitely will. Yeah. But for right now, we living <coughs> in a crazy world. Spooky. <laughs> Spooky. Spooky. <laughs> So um, talk about this wisdom. So if you could go back in time, right? And I'm not sure you would change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. Man. Okay. Probably wouldn't change a thing. But you as at, at your graduation, right? And you was kind of having like an out-of-body experience where you got to like reach yourself before you got off the podium, right? Mm -hmm. And give yourself some advice. Not something to change it, but give yourself some advice. What would that advice be? You got like a real quick moment with yourself. So after I received my diploma. Yeah, you're walking off the podium. Walking and it's like a, say you're you, right? It's mm -hmm. like a ghost comes and it's like tells you something, but it's you. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, Man, listen, you gotta. You I would be like, I would be like, yo, stay with your people. Communicate with your people. Make sure, just make sure you communicate with your people. Like I would, I would probably grab myself like, yo, stay with them. Stay with them. And when if I was to say that, if somebody was to say that to me, I would already know you who you talking about. Yeah. Talking about my brother, my family, my sister, my mm -hmm. grandma. And I, I feel that way because sometimes I'm uh I'm like in this in this strange place where I don't wanna communicate. I don't wanna talk to anybody, I don't wanna answer my phone, I don't wanna you know what I mean? And knowing who I am to my family, you know, my family needs me. You know, they call me on a regular. They talk to me on a regular because I'm kind of like a catalyst for them. Like I keep them going. You know, me doing what I'm doing is like really keeping them, you know, in this like. It's like, I want to say this, like they living through you kind of. Yeah. Sense. Like, they have their own lives, but yeah, they also bro. living through you. Like yeah. y'all are so connected that their yes. happy, your happiness is their happiness. Yes, yes, okay. yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. And especially with my mom and my dad, mm -hmm. especially with them. And um, like leaving the JUCO, I kind of, I kind of wasn't communicating with them as much as I wish I had been. You know what I mean? It yeah. was on the only time we communicated when it was like, all right, mom, I need to fill this out for the school or I need to go pay for this or, you know what I mean? Like I was so focused into, all right, I'm here at the division one. Like I need to grind, grind, grind. I wasn't communicating with my auntie, with my grandma. You know, my grandma was sick for a little bit and she was in the hospital and I was calling her only, I felt like I should have been talking to her way more, straight like that. Like when my my relationship with my grandma I'm is I'm taking like, your advice right now, for real. Like I, yeah, and I, I'm glad that, that I'm able to say this right now because I don't, I'm glad you even asked that question because yeah. I I've never even asked myself that. I wish I really would have communicated more with my people. Mm. And um, I'm not in a a bad situation where it's too late or anything. You know what I mean? But like one thing with my brother, we talked a lot, but during that time period of right before him passing, I wasn't talking to him as much as as much as I should have been, as much as we even used to. Yeah. We just was talking for a quick minute. Hey, bro, what's good? You straight? You need some bread? Nah, you good? All right, when the next game is? All right, bet. Like, this was a guy that we talked just like how we talking right now, like four in the morning. We, you feel me? We out back talking all night about everything, about how we going to get to this position that we in right now. And it was just like, I wish I would have communicated more because I probably could have saved his life. So I think about that every day. Like, 
every day, man. I feel that, man. Communication is key, man. I feel that, bro. I feel your pain, bro. Mm -hmm. Really, just I can feel the way you talking about it, man. It's that's that shit hurts, bro. Okay, so I'm gonna ask you three questions, and we're gonna wrap this thing up. So, um, finish the sentence for me. The world needs blank. <laughs> me. <laughs> Amir Dorsey. Amir Sorry. Dorsey. Yeah. Why we need Amir Dorsey? Because we need we need this type of mindset, man. We need Definitely. this type of energy. We need this. Definitely. We just need more of me. Yeah. We need more of me and a lot of people, but so for, put put for, me, for me into a not a person. You know what I'm saying? Put me into characteristics. The world needs. What are you? I got so many words going through my head right now. I'm not even gonna hold you. Uh, the world needs. Um, the world needs. Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. I said, let me. I feel like I can answer it for you. Yeah, answer it. The world needs real, mm. authentic people, not superficial people, but real people who aren't scared to talk about their struggles. We just need to be real with each other. Mm. Enough with the, you know, the mirror images, you know, presenting our best selves. You just need to be real. Mm -hmm. No fakeness, just real. I feel like the world needs realness right now. Realness. The world needs realness. Realness. Too nah, many fake things, I fake people. I agree with that 100%. 100%. 100%. Okay. All right, so, you, you, all right, so ask me the question again. <laughs> the world needs. Realness. Yes, sir. Straight like that. Yeah. Our greatest battle is ourselves. Mm. Ourselves. Definitely ourselves. I don't even now. Somebody else might answer differently. You might have been looking for a different word or something I'm not like that. For no certain word. But that Whatever one right there, I gotta stick with that. Nah, that's as real as it gets. That's as realness as it gets. Mm -hmm. Why ourselves though? Cause like the only thing stopping you from doing what you want to do is yourself, like mm -hmm. straight like that. It's it's really nothing stopping you from doing what you want to do. It's crazy. Like, our minds can be the. What do I want to say? Our minds could be the, the strongest, you know, thing mm -hmm. to help us out. Or it, it could, the, yeah, the, yeah, it could be, be our most best friend, and it can be our worst enemy. enemy yep. Definitely. Yeah. So Definitely. What is ourselves? The last one. My greatest joy is. I want to say life, but my greatest joy is my family. Yeah. That's my answer. Now, am I speaking about this, like, generally? Like, you can say anything you want, bro. There ain't no yeah. answers on this, man. It's my, you're, you're yourself. Me. Yeah. yeah, my family. That's my greatest joy. That's love, bro. My family, man. And my family, I mean the, the people that I build relationships with during basketball season, football season, my immediate family, you know, people that I communicate with every day. People that know that I care about them, I don't have to call them every day and tell them how much I love them. Yep. You know that it's there. Mm -hmm. And the people that care about me, like my family, you, my soldiers. That's love, bro. Shit like that. It's my greatest joy. That's love, mm -hmm. man. That's about it, man. We could talk all day, bro. But I don't know if y'all going to keep listening if we talk all day. Sure, we could really be that, here bro. for like all days, you know, talk about conspiracy theories and yeah. <laughs> he said, yeah. yeah. I don't think you're ready for that. But yeah, man. For any of y'all listening, man, I hope y'all really got got took away at least one thing from this podcast, man. Just one thing. 
if you're going through something, man, struggling, whether it's sports, you know, whatever your hobby is, and you struggling. Never forget know. where you came exactly. from. Never forget where you came from. And if you're going through some pain, don't be mad that you're in the pain. Be grateful. Mm-hmm. Be grateful because it's going to push you to be great. So thank you, Amir, man. Thank mm-hmm. you so much, bro. Appreciate you for having me. Yes, bro. sir. Ah, ah, man, we're going to wrap this thing up, man. New podcast dropping next Sunday. Please stay tuned. Please stay tuned, man. It's going to be a great, amazing podcast. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do something special. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.